Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. And he joins us right now on the North Olmstead Chrysler Jeep Dodge Ram Hotline from Pro Football Talk. He's Mr. Mike Florio. Hello, Mike. Hey, Mike. What's going on, guys? How are you? Good, are you? Good. Despite a four-game losing streak and a team that looks bilch at 2-5, and five, and a Monday night game coming up against the Cincinnati Bengals. On on the outside looking in, is this team as bad as two and five? I know you know what you are what you are record wise. Are they as bad as two and five? Because here we just keep thinking if a couple of things had gone the other way, and maybe this team's not as bad as it looks. Well, yeah, the old Parcells line: you are where your record says you are. But there are some games that they could have won, they should have won. I go back to the Jets game in week two. That inexcusable loss to me. That's squarely on head coach Kevin Stefanski for failing to properly manage the clock and tell his guys what to do in that situation, not going out of bounds, the fateful run by Nick Chubb, where all he had to do at that point was go out of bounds. It was past the two-minute warning. It would have been first down with no timeouts for the Jets, under two minutes. Anybody who plays Madden knows three knees and you get a victory. So there's games they could have won, should have won, and I'm starting to worry about Stefanski after the season. We, we know that the revolving door spins from time to time in Cleveland, and there may be a desire by the ownership there to, to try to use the presence of Deshaun Watson to dangle that job to maybe somebody that they would regard as an upgrade at head coach. And I love Kevin Stefanski as a coach. He was coach of the year a couple of years ago, but we know how this business goes. And if you start putting on your resume – losses that should have been wins and it's your fault that they became losses and your season falls apart that that becomes the kind of thing that can fuel an exit as head coach of a team do you think the front office walked into this season saying we can make the playoffs with Jacoby Brissett like uh, because I'm I'm wondering if there was a cushion there because they knew Deshaun was going to be out um I think that that they uh they understood that there was an opportunity to be good enough absent Deshaun Watson that they could possibly turn it around when Watson comes back week 13. But as these losses pile up, I, I, 
I find it harder and harder to think that Deshaun Watson can come back and make the difference. They may have to run the table, and even then it may not be good enough by the time he comes back in week 13. Mike Florio is joining us. What do you expect from Deshaun Watson when he, when he returns, Mike? Um, well, you know, it's a good question. I, I really don't know what to expect because we haven't seen him play in a very long time. And the last time we saw him was week 17 of the 2020 season. We saw him for a cameo appearance on uh, the preseason game against the Jaguars, and, and it's, it's all just wide open right now. So I, I don't have a high expectation, and, and maybe it'll be better if it's kind of a lost season by the time he comes in and he can just kind of relax and play and, and get comfortable again and, and treat the balance of the regular season as kind of like an advanced preseason for 2023 if they are dead in the water, if they're done. Now, look, even if they're 2-9, and nine, I don't know if they're two and nine, they're probably done. If they're three and eight, four and seven, let's say four and seven. If they're four and seven, maybe there's an opening there to go five and one down the stretch and get in. But I just don't know. I don't think anybody knows. We just assume he's going to be good. But you know what? People also assumed Russell Wilson was going to be good, and he That's played true. last year. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kareem Hunt, with the Browns or not with the Browns come Tuesday? I think it depends on what happens on Monday night against the Bengals. If they lose all the more reason to move on from Kareem Hunt. I've heard that the Browns are looking for a Christian McCaffrey-type package. Now the problem is the Jets got James Robinson from the Jaguars for a sixth-round pick that can become a fifth-round pick. So there's a big gap there in trade terms between one and the other. And I don't think McCaffrey is so much better than Robinson that it justifies four picks, two, three, four, five, versus a six that can become a five plus the financial obligation you take on in picking up McCaffrey. That, that, to me, is a very, very broad range, and I think it makes it hard to value Kareem Hunt. And at the end of the day, again, if they lose on Monday night, they may just hold an auction yeah. and do the best deal that they can to move on from a guy who's going to be gone anyway after this season ends. Mike, have they used him properly? Have they used him enough? I haven't studied every Browns game closely enough to sit here and say that I can assess how much they've used Kareem Hunt and whether it's enough. I I just think that it's not working overall the way that it needs to be, and it looked like it was going to. After that Steelers game, it looked like they had figured out the formula, and Jacoby Brissett could play at a level necessary, and you run the ball enough with Chubb and Hunt. I mean, this is the problem. When you have a guy like Nick Chubb, who is one of the best running backs in the NFL, are you ever going to use the number two guy enough, even if you try to call them 1A and 1B? I don't think so. And so... You know, this has been a long time coming. It's easy to say, hey, we love this idea of having two great running backs. But when you've gone all in with a franchise quarterback, do you really need two great running backs? Do you really need one great running back if you have a franchise quarterback who's going to be the centerpiece of your offense as of week 13? So I think it just makes sense to get what you can for Kareem Hunt and move on, regardless of win or lose on Monday night. I just think if they win, they may want a little bit more to justify moving on from Hunt because he can be a difference maker. And, you know, I think what teams worry about is you trade Hunt and Chubb gets injured. You know, other teams that have extra players at a given position, one injury, all of a sudden you don't have extra players anymore and you just traded away the guy who would have been your depth. Hmm. Um, Bagel's the team to beat in the North right now. I'm just curious if you think that. And it, will it stay jumbled 
for most of the season. That's one thing that could give – well, no one's – I mean, like a 7% chance of making it into the postseason right now at 2-5. and five. But I'm just wondering what you think of the AFC North. Are the Bengals the team to beat? And will it stay jumbled for most of the year? Well, look, the Ravens could be 7-0 and if they just had a defense that could hold leads. And I don't fault only the defense for this. The offense has to be able to hold on to the football in moments where the game is almost in hand. I think back to the interception that Lamar Jackson threw in the end zone on that fourth and goal play from the two. Hey, analytics says go for it here because if you don't get it, the other team has the ball with 98 yards to go for a touchdown, unless you're throwing an interception in the end zone, and then they'll have to go 80 yards for a touchdown. This past weekend, we saw what almost happened in the Browns game, where the Ravens fumble it and give it back and give the Browns an opening. So the offense has been giving other teams an opening, and the defense hasn't been able to close it down three different times. And you look at the Bengals, three losses, all walk-off losses. They could be 5-2, yeah. and 6-1, and 7-0. and oh. I think between the two teams, the Bengals are more dangerous because of Joe Burrow and the weapons he has in the passing game. Uh, but uh, uh, who knows? The, the Ravens have the head-to-head tiebreaker so far. The Bengals are going to have to take care of Baltimore when they play again later this year to, to really take over that division, I think. Mike Florio joining us. You see him on NBC Sports, Sunday Night Football, Pro Football Talk, author of the book Playmakers, How the NFL Really Works and Doesn't. One of the most interesting things, Mike, to me in this NFL season, and you mentioned one of the guys, Russell Wilson, Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady, three of the best quarterbacks in the NFL until this year. And this year, it's not going real well for any of the three. Is it scheme individually for these guys? If, if you can touch on each one, is it scheme? Is it them? Have they slipped? What do you think? Well, it, it may be a combination. And, you know, I think about the guy we're going to see tonight. This may be the last time that we really focus on him as a relevant presence in prime time, depending upon how the rest of the season goes. And I don't know what other Monday night or Sunday night games that they have with Tom Brady on the docket, but this is an opportunity to really focus on what's going on with him. And somebody told me a few years ago that he'll have his arm into his 50s. The question Mm. is, how long will he have his legs? And when the legs start to go, he's going to get hit. He's potentially going to get hurt. And what we're seeing now is, He's getting jumpy because he's been banged around a little bit this year. And he's realizing at 45, the injuries linger a little bit longer. It hurts a little bit more to get hit by someone who is literally half your age or younger. So I I think that, you know, for for Brady, it's him. For Rodgers, it's Devontae Adams not being there. And it's Rodgers. And I think it's ironic, and I never know whether I'm using that word right thanks to that damn song from 20 years ago, (laughs) but it's ironic that Rodgers is calling out guys for not putting in enough time away from the facility when he has done the bare minimum in the offseason the past two years. And not even the bare minimum in 2021. He boycotted a mandatory minicamp. This year he showed up for that cameo two or three days in the off-season program, otherwise not there, otherwise not getting his guys together somewhere to work with them, to get them comfortable with him. What he doesn't realize is these young receivers look at this guy as a god. They're, they're in awe of him. They don't want to screw up. They're scared of what's going to happen. You need to get to the level not just where you're comfortable with them, but they're comfortable with you. And they view you as a colleague, not as somebody who is above them, hmm. sitting up on high, deciding who he's going to bestow footballs onto. So it's different for both. Who was the other one? Was it Russell? Yes. 
Yeah, I, I, that one is just weird to me. Everything about it is odd. And it's one of the most compelling stories to me of this year, the idea that the Seahawks made the move when they did. It's almost like a Trojan horse situation. Russell isn't the guy that people thought he was going to be. The Seahawks are better without him. Geno Smith is becoming great, and they're winning games, and the Broncos aren't, and it's just a mess. And not only did they give up all that stuff to get him, then they paid him. If I'm new ownership of that team, I may fire everybody when the season's over. And I may fire Nathaniel Hackett after this game on Sunday if they lose to the Jaguars, just so I can see what E.J. Evero has as a potential interim head coach because, you know, there's some talk. This guy maybe gets some looks as a head coach elsewhere after the season. Why do I want to let him get away if I think he's got what it takes to come in and maybe have a team that goes through the defense with Russell Wilson running an offense that supplements the defense, and doesn't that sound familiar? That was the formula that won a Super Bowl and got to another one for the Seahawks a decade ago. Hmm. Uh, Are the New York teams for real, and is Philadelphia for real? Philadelphia is definitely for real. And you look at their schedule, you fatten up on a schedule that doesn't have a whole lot of spots on it where you say, oh, man, we're screwed that weekend. Now they have to avoid losing games they should win, but they found a way to do that. And they go out and they pick up Robert Quinn from the Bears yesterday, so they have an eight-man rotation on the defensive line, reminiscent of what they had in 2017 when they were able to overpower blockers and and create havoc on quarterbacks and and win a Super Bowl. So I think the Eagles are definitely for real. And people say, well, the, the Bills are better. Okay, fine. The Bills may get a chance to find out if they get to the Super Bowl and play the Eagles. Right now, I think it's more clear to me that the Eagles are the team that comes out of the NFC than it is the Bills are that come out of the AFC. And for the New York teams, you know, the Jets are amassing great talent that bodes well for the future. These injuries this week to Brees Hall and Elijah Vera Tucker, not ideal to say the least. With the Giants, it's just Brian Dayball taking the chicken you-know-what that was left behind by Dave Gettleman and turning it into some pretty tasty chicken salad as they just keep finding ways to win games, win games, win games. And they're going to have a tough time this weekend at Seattle. And the Jets are going to have a tough time at home against the Patriots. I thought it was so weird last week that both the Jets and the Giants were underdogs against two win teams, and both New York teams won. Now, they're underdogs again this week. There's a chance both teams lose this week, and they start to come back down to earth a little bit. Mike, with the trade deadline coming up on, on Tuesday, and Mike Florio joining us, do you exp- any, any big names that we're not hearing that you think might get might get moved? Well... You know, here's what usually happens. The names you're hearing are the ones that don't get moved. The guys you're watching are the ones who stay put. And then it's somebody you didn't even think of that just gets dropped out of nowhere, like Robert Quinn yesterday. Although the Bears were talking about the possibility. It was just waiting for the right opportunity to come along. You know, people are starting to talk about Chase Claypool as a potential. So that doesn't fit into the category of guys we're not thinking of. But – I'm fascinated by what the Steelers may do if they would lose to the Eagles on Sunday. And again, that last week of games really makes a difference. Two and six is different than three and five. If you're three and five, you hold on to your assets. If you're two and six, maybe you get what you can and move on. But Claypool's a guy who's going to want a contract eventually that I don't think the Steelers are going to want to give him. The question is, do you get more for him now than you do if you wait until after the season? And is that premium that you get now enough to get you to say, we're just going to move on from a guy that we're not going to keep long-term? I'm, I'm keeping an eye on that. But, you know, the other side of it, too, is if you're a team that wants to add a receiver, it, it takes time 
to get a receiver up to speed. You're changing the tire on a moving car, especially if it's a new offense, completely new personnel, coaching staff the guy doesn't know. How much can you really do in the short term? And is it more about almost like Odell Beckham last year? The Rams got him after he was released by the Browns, but he really didn't get integrated into that offense in a big way until late in the regular season and then the postseason. So, you know, I, I, I think that, that there are teams out there that see what the Eagles are doing this year, what the Rams did last year, who's willing to make that move, to be aggressive, to add the icing to the cake, the cherry on top necessary to take a contender and make it a Super Bowl possibility. We'll see what happens. And usually it's disappointing. Usually the action happens before, like McCaffrey last week, Quinn this week. By the time we get to Monday and Tuesday, it may be too late. But uh, you, you never know. And uh, we've seen teams are more and more willing to part with draft picks than ever before if it means getting a player who can help them win now. Mike, what happens in Carolina with Baker Mayfield? Is he there past this year? I don't think so. I think he's going to have to ask himself, is he willing to humble himself to be a backup quarterback or be like a Trubisky where you go and you sign and you're the starter until the team that signed you drafts a guy in the first round? And is Baker Mayfield wired to do that? It's almost like... Cam Newton, where the personality is too big to put him in a position where he's anything other than the unquestioned starter. And maybe he's matured, maybe he's grown, but the Baker Mayfield of 2018 through 2021, I believe if that's the guy who's available as a free agent when March rolls around, I don't know who's going to want him because he's not good enough at this point to say you're the unquestioned starter and I don't know that he's wired to accept any type of a caveat, backup, maybe there'll be a young guy you compete with type of role. He's done and said everything right in Carolina this year because he knows he has to, to, to position himself for that, that contract he may be looking for. But the results aren't there. He's been injured. He, he, he may be in a weird spot. I'm not saying he's not good enough to be in the NFL, but he may be in a weird spot after this year where he's going to have to really look in the mirror and ask himself, do I need to, to adapt a much more humble approach to my football career than I've ever had before? Mike, always a pleasure. How are things going with playmakers, how the NFL really works and doesn't? Well, I, I, we have a promotion coming up, mm. and it coincides with next Tuesday, which is the twenty one-year anniversary of the launch of PFT, November 1, nice. 2001. Ooh, and here nice. we are 21 years later. Good for you. And I don't know that I'm supposed to say this, so don't tell anyone I said it. Not, not a soul. But if you're thinking about buying it now, we're putting the finishing touches on this promotion. Wait until Tuesday, because uh, there may be a little something extra that you get for your for your money if you uh -huh. wait until Tuesday. It's going to be a one-day-only thing, truly a one-day-only thing, not that BS where, hey, it's a one-day-only sale until mm. next week when we have another one-day-only sale. <laughs> this is a one-day-only promotion coming Tuesday to coincide with the 21-year anniversary. So if you're thinking about buying it, check out PFT. Probably on Monday we'll announce it, and then you buy it on Tuesday, and uh, you get a little extra for your $17.89 or whatever it costs right now. Fabulous. Mike, thank you. Always, always great to have you with us. Good talking to you. Mike Florio, Pro Football Talk, the book, Playmakers, How the NFL Really Works and Doesn't. And, of course, he does a great job on NBC on Sunday Night Football. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? 
Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. 